thing is, until you can erase three Februaries, shut up. Quality over quantity. LeBron has beaten some of the best competition in NBA history. He's the GOAT emoji. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. I will not swear. I will not swear. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. That it is. And it is. The Wednesday edition of the Bryant Snow Show, which will be retitled into the Bryant Snow Experience. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. I am he. I am the man in charge. I am Bryant Snow, and boy, we got a good show for you this afternoon. Scott Fox will join me in about 30 seconds from now to talk about Champion Playbook. And when I met him, I met him through LinkedIn. He's in jokey fashion. He says, you're big time. I'm like, I'm just trying to get there. And he is here. And I welcome him right now. This is Scott Fox, the man in charge of the champion playbook, a uh, podcaster himself. And here he is on a Wednesday afternoon, joining yours truly. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you? Good afternoon, Ryan. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I feel good. How about you? I'm feeling wonderful, my friend. I'm feeling absolutely wonderful. Where are you located? Yeah, I'm here in the D.C. area, Northern Virginia. DMV, as we call it here. Do you say hail to the Redskins? Tell me you do. <laughs> Tell me you say hail to the Redskins still. I, 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 I sing it. I could sing it right here. I, I grew up a Redskins fan, and, you know, it's, those are just hard to drop. But there's so many amazing memories in RFK Stadium and Joe Gibbs back in the day. And oh, my goodness. Which means I know how to make a Redskins fan smile. See, I get I get a lot of flack for not calling them the Washington Commanders. And I'm going, I can't do that, especially John Riggins, Joe Theismann, Art Monk, the Smurfs, the Hogs, oh RFK Stadium. We want Dallas as RFK Stadium shook into oblivion. Yes. After they beat the, the Vikings. Because all I got to do to make this man smile. Oh, you, do, you got it. Hail. Victory. <laughs> DC. I mean that song right there. Even though I, I'm old, I'm old school to my heart. And there was an NFC Championship game between the Redskins and the 49ers at RFK Stadium. One of the best I ever watched. You know, when you have old schoolers like that with Joe Theismann versus versus Joe Montana, listen. Don't matter who you're rooting for, you can't go wrong with 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 a game like that. It was it was amazing back in the day. I remember when you say we want Dallas. I remember that. I remember mm -hmm. I was actually in college when they did play Dallas and Phyllis George was announcing the game as she used to. Phyllis George. <clears throat> and yes. um, she she interviewed Jack Kent Cook, who was the owner of the Redskins. Yep. And honestly, you could barely hear them talk. The fans <laughs> were so loud. It was insanity. <laughs> I had a friend who went to that game and he said the game was over when the when the Cowboys stepped out onto the field and they he could see them looking around they yep. had never seen a a crowd behave like that they're like it was done the Redskins were going to win and they did and I remember a story that they that they told the backstory that they told the Cowboys came to Washington with their bags packed for Pasadena they came in with their bags packed for Pasadena, and the Redskins got a hold of that and said, you know what? We got some more bulletin board material. Yes. I mean, the Cowboys yes. were that confident, and I had so many of my – I was in grade school at the time. I had so many of my friends, you know, ask me, "Did did you? are you going to pick the Cowboys like the rest of us to win? No. I'm picking the Redskins. And they're going, why? Because the Redskins ran the football. Yes. And yeah. um, uh, uh, Dave Butts kept telling – no, Russ Grimm. I beg your pardon. Russ Grimm 
kept telling Joe Theismann when they got the ball after Daryl Grant picked off a pass from Gary Hogaboom because they knocked Danny White unconscious. Yes. They they picked off uh, Gary Hogaboom. Daryl Grant takes it in. They get the ball back after a stop. And Russ Grimm kept telling Joe Theismann, no, we're not throwing the ball. 50 gut. And they kept handing it to John Riggins. Hey, diddle, diddle, Riggins up the middle. And that's how they – and the Cowboys never saw the ball again. I know that's those had to be great memories for you. It was amazing. And I, I love that story because Russ Grimm was just like, nah, we know. Yep. We're taking it to – we're going to stick it. He probably had something personal against the, the Cowboy in front of him. I forget mm-hmm. who it was. And, Randy uh, White. Randy they, White. Oh, my goodness. And Randy White was <laughs> – but but Grim we just had it to him, and those guys were special. I I really have great memories of that, and I remember uh, when the Redskins were in the Super Bowl. We were watching it as a family, and you know Riggins breaks breaks yep. free and just goes down the sideline and just going mm-hmm. crazy. And it's just a, it was a special time in D.C. in those days. Um, you know the city lived by whether or not the Redskins won. Honestly, that it was a whole different atmosphere. I know some towns are kind of say they have that, but it was different in DC because it's a government town. Oh and, yeah, you know that's what people cared about, except when it came to the to the Redskins. Yeah, and then it was beautiful because I just said this to somebody the other day. The Redskins were a uniting force in in a city that um, is really it's still racially economically segregated. Mm-hmm. But in the old days, before FedEx Field and all of that, when Jack yep. Kent Cook owned the place in 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 RFK. You would see people from different socioeconomic uh, strata come in there, different races, and all loving at the same time. And it was a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love that so much. And I love the fact that every home was 55,045 would cram into RFK Stadium. Yes. And I remember that being the number, but I knew, I, I knew even when they played Dallas or they played the Giants or they played the Eagles. I knew there was more than 55,045 people in that place. <laughs> you couldn't tell me that you couldn't tell me there wasn't it wasn't SRO and beyond when when the NFC East opponent came in. Scott Fox joining me here on uh, the first half of the Brian Snow show. Thank you all for joining us. Um oh there's a there's a name Daryl Green number 28. Oh special i remember the first time he touched the ball he was in a preseason game he ran it back for a touchdown he was a punt returner as a rookie yep. coming in and i yep. saw the way he moved and it looked like everybody else was moving differently he mm-hmm. just was fast fast and fast and uh and, fa- and faster he is oh, he is still he in the area here he he does some work at george mason university's athletic department and he's got mm-hmm. his own little businesses too i believe and Nice, nice man, it seems like. I've never met him before, but a family man. He's got kids that are grown now and stayed in the area, and that's awesome. I'm so happy before they tore down RFK Stadium, I had a chance to see RFK on a trip to Washington, D.C. in 1996 before they ever played uh, Hail to the Redskins for the final time. The play of the NFC Championship in 1982, and... uh, a lot of Redskins fans will know it well, courtesy of CBS. Next week, and the other one will be spread around the country watching on television. And the financial considerations are substantial. If you go all the way, each man will get an extra $70,000. Ogaboom fakes. Throws the screen, has it batted away and picked off in the air by Daryl Grant. Touchdown, Redskins. You thought it was shaking, chanting, we want Dallas. I thought RF I thought RFK Stadium was gonna crumble to the ground after that after that interception return. Amazing. World Grant. That was his nickname. World Yes, World Grant. Uh played <laughs> at uh, Rice University many years with the many years with the Redskins. Now talk to me about the champion playbook. Yeah, thank talk you. About the champion playbook. Yeah, so champion playbook is a service where I, I help athletes and non-athletes, but primarily athletes overcome mental and emotional blocks, including trauma, so they can play play their best. And that's kind of the short elevator speech. The deeper part beneath it is, look, I just, I just love to um, help people open up to who they really are. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we in society are in an interesting time. It didn't used to have this kind of conversation. It was just like, hey, get to work and, you know, shut up, kid. 
Yes. And, and we have shifted and in a good way, however, there's pain associated with it. And, Mm -hmm. um, what I mean is that we're shifting into the thought of, Hey, what do I love in life? Who am I? What do I love? Right. And how do I bring this out into the world in a genuine way? Mm -hmm. And so champion playbook ostensibly is about playing your best. And I love it when I work with athletes because they'll come in in a slump or they're unhappy or whatever it may be. And through these really awesome procedures that we'll talk about, um, they can quickly turn on a dime, maybe even in that same day, go back out and play. And all of a sudden they're, you know, I get the text or I get the email, Hey, it worked. I'm, I hit a home run or I, whatever I did. And that's really cool. Um, however, what's really cool is that these techniques are also used in the world of trauma relief. And so, you know, when you have people, we're all people, we all have traumas. Um, mm-hmm. I have my own, um, you've have yours. You've been very public. I appreciate that so much. It's important for people to speak. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we can learn these techniques as, as non-degreed people, you and I, we're not psychiatrists, we're not, uh, you know, MDs, PhDs, uh, but we can still make an, a, a huge impact in the world. And frankly, my message here is that that's how things are going to shift. If, if the world hasn't recognized yet, we will never create enough professionals to address the numbers of people right now in the world who need mental health services. Um, and, uh, we can talk more about those stats, but I'll just leave it at that. And, uh, I have a blast doing this, um, prior to doing this, I've been doing this work for about 13 years. Uh, uh, two years ago, I tried to grow the brand front and center. I, and I have, and I ended up getting my first university sport program, which was Tuskegee university, the great HBCU down in Alabama. Loved it. Uh, their head, head coach there. I'm going to give him a plug. Reggie Hollins. Um, Reggie's now the CEO of the minority baseball which is a great organization i hope to do some work with and um gave me a chance to really um do more and help more people i got to work with his coaching staff as well as players and uh i'll stop there or else i'll eat up the whole time here what got you started what was the one thing that turned the light on for you yeah said you know uh i need to do something i need need to provide some kind of service uh Mm -hmm. for people with trauma especially with uh with mental health yeah, well, the, the the total backstory is that when I was in college, I was uh, physically and game skill pretty much, you know, that five tool player, as they say in baseball, um, not always, <laughs> but enough so that I had scouts looking at me when I was playing in college. And they would look and they say, wow, this guy, let's keep an eye on him. He's good. And then they come back. Oh, no, he's terrible. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I was I was horribly inconsistent. And the reason, again, it was not physical, it was non-physical. And so one day, my coach, who was a former Major League All-Star back in the early 60s, um, he said, hey, you know, Foxy, um, you got a million dollar swing, but you got a 10 cent head. And I knew what he was getting at. It's an old school line to, you know, kind of jar something loose. But he didn't really have any uh, advice, anything. I'm just standing there, got insulted by my coach and waiting for some advice. And there was nothing there. And it's because it's not his fault. He wasn't, he wasn't given those tools either. And um, so when my kids got to be of call it little league age, my daughter was actually the first one. She's the older of the two. And I said, okay, I'll be, I'll be her coach um, and to coach the team. What can I do to be the best coach I can be? And I just thought I'll, I will fill in the blanks that I didn't have. And so I started to dive in circa 2008 or so. Uh, the world was about in, about to have a, a big financial meltdown, and I was in commercial real estate at the time. So there was not a whole lot of commercial real estate to deal with. So I dove into the world of, uh, you know, training the non-physical part of the athlete and uh, sat at my desk. I looked at the Internet. I read books, and um, that's how I got going. And then when I started to do this kind of work, well, let me stop there. I found some techniques, many things, actually, that can help humans perform better. A lot of them didn't meet my criteria, though. My filter was I want it to be, I want it to work, work really well, have some data behind it. Secondly, to be able to, easy to teach, easy to use. And thirdly, be portable. In other words, no no machinery available. Like there's some great stuff like EMDR and, and neurofeedback. They involve machinery. That's, and that's just not practical for a coach on the field. So um, what I did find was emotional freedom techniques. It's also called tapping and uh, or meridian endpoint tapping 
And it's probably one of the most studied um, pieces of, we'll call it alternative, I hate to use that word, but alternative treatments, um, treatment, I'm not supposed to use that word either, alternative services that are out there. And um, uh, it just works and it meets all the criteria. So back to how do I get into working with trauma? Well, what I discovered is that when we start to unravel these performance blocks, these slumps, if you will, that are out there, very often uh, the subconscious brings something up that has nothing to do with the sport. Um, sometimes there's a trauma that happened early in life and it gets stuck inside. It didn't get processed um, and it rears its head every now and then and sometimes during sports. And there's something really elegant about that because it, it allows, if, a, if there's a well-trained coach out there, it allows that coach to do some mental health work. And um, I've been certified in those techniques through uh, one of the two top two governing or certifying bodies that are out in the world. And um, it's been an honor and it's been fun. And uh, I love it when an athlete comes to me and maybe they know about the trauma in their life, or maybe they don't. Either way, it comes up. It just does. <laughs> I don't have to even ask. The subconscious will bring it up very often. And we start to unravel a little bit so that the pain of that moment is rewired in the entire body, mind-body system. And then that person not only plays better, but they don't have that weight on them. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a fascinating thing and I, I just want to share more and, you know, how do I, how did I also get into it was, Hey man, when I'm like a lot of people in the world of psychology, I'm not officially in it, but I'm in it. We're all in it is we're trying to heal ourselves too, you know, and I got to do that for myself and I got to go to other practitioners who practice this kind of technique and it really accelerates this, we'll call it healing. And don't forget, you get to play ball better too. Scott Fox joining me here on the first half of the Brian Snow Show. Check out the championplaybook.com where the real training begins. Absolutely fabulous to have you on. Also saying hail to the Redskins. And I would love for the Champion Playbook to be one of the sponsors of this program because if there's one area that I will touch that a lot won't, it's the mental health and the mental well-being. You saw the interview I did with uh, Michelle DeMuria of the Be yeah. Daring Foundation. Uh, our first ever uh, family sponsor of this program, and as well as my morning show, and I'd love to have I'd love to have you and work with you as well, sir. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you so much for that offer. That's great. I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, I, I, we both know Michelle. She's an amazing person, and she her pro, her program that she's creating is going to help tons of people. I love it. I love it. I, I love it. So um, I'll throw a logo up on the on the show page on the SDM Sports Radio Network website with a connection back to his. Uh, that's Scott Fox. Check him out. The Champion Playbook dot the Champion Playbook dot com where the real training begins. It's not just physical. It is mental. Scott, thank you so, so very much. I look forward to having you on often and working with you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be here. And I'm impressed that you got that old Redskin stuff going. <laughs> I'm not going to let it die. I can't do it. I I, yeah. I I can't say Washington Commanders. I could never say Washington football team. You know, and like I told you, I got a lot of flack for saying Washington Redskins. You know, and people are telling me, you know, you need to get with the times. I've been with the time. They're the Washington <laughs> Redskins as far as I'm concerned, period. Because you can never, you, you can never get those images of fans of all races, colors, and sizes yes. Putting on the putting on the hog noses, wearing the headdress, and yep. a lot of people don't know this. The main human mascot was a black man wearing the headdress. Yes, yes, Zeke. That was him. That yes. was Zeke. And not to mention the band leader was a black man. Oh, I didn't know. And that. the band for the final for the final time before they tear down art. Wow, wow. Now special, unbelievable place. And uh, I'm so happy that you brought that up, man. Good for you. I, I, mean, I haven't seen that clip in years. Wow. <laughs> I thought you would enjoy it. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate you. Thanks, Brian. Scott Fox joining us here on the program. We'll take a break, and when we come back, the Big Shaw will join me, and we're going to talk some more sports, and we're going to get to know him as well. Back in a moment.
So this thing called sports, it has fans again. It has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. a TED talk but I don't have anything to talk about yet. I'm getting there. Life is for the living. We're not here that long. You can learn anything you want to learn without any money spent. What do I really enjoy? What do I really want out of life? I am your host W-I-Z-E. Are you in a life holding pattern? Well, this is for you. Welcome to the Stuck In My Mind podcast. Welcome back to the Brian Snow Show, soon to be titled The Brian Snow Experience. I'll be with you every afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. My thanks to Scott Fox, who came in uh, first half of the show. Absolutely fabulous, fabulous interview and a very, very good friend. Uh, This portion presented by the Be Daring Foundation, eradicating the stigmas surrounding mental health for high school and college students, first responders and athletes. And we also picked up another sponsor because you all know me talking about mental health is very, very dear to me. We're also presented by the Champion Playbook, where the real training begins. Check out the championplaybook.com and also Be Daring Foundation. That's B-E-E Daring Foundation.org. Let's go to the feedback zone presented by Fanatics, very dear friend out in the Pacific Northwest, Jolene Aldridge, big time Seahawks fan. She says, good morning, B, because it's still morning out that way. Well, just uh, crossed uh, noon right now so hello to you jolene great for you to check in michael Cansacio, who will join me tomorrow morning on snowman in the morning to talk all things nba he says he's sharing the link he says you're off the hook we go to norway where my buddy sick diggy uh, often uh, a, a fabulous often chatter on the morning show says what's good folks it's good to see you uh michael again larry brown was a beast that he was daryl green was amazing ryan mccorfey just went into watching Goal Sports. Now I'm checking in here. Uh, fabulous to have you, my friend. Love you, love you, Ryan, for that. And speaking of the man they call Cole Sports with a Z, he said, "What is up? Thank you for showing love to the Cole Sports brand partner." Listen, I love you, Cole. I love you. You outfitted the show, and there's there's nothing there's nothing else for 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 me to say. Thank you for the love, Ryan McCarthy. I appreciate you. Well, we all appreciate you, Cole. Uh, Cole Johnson, the executive producer of the program. Speaking of the Pacific Northwest, that's where we go for the second half of the show. The Big Show joins me, and he joins me right now. How are you, my man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm great. I finally get a chance to get you on the program. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, you know, things didn't work out, but it's it's better now. Well, the first time I reached out to you and wanted you on the program, you were in the process of a little something we like to call moving. Lord yes. knows I've done that. I've yes. done that quite a bit. You were making a move out to the Pacific Northwest, out to Portland, Oregon. Yes, yes, I'm back in Portland, man, for the um, for the second time. It's 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 pretty good out here. I like it. Good, good. What drew you to the what? What drew, are you originally from the Portland area? No, I'm originally from um, Louisiana. Ah, so what drew you to the Pacific Northwest? 
You know, that's a good question. That is a very good question. One day I, I woke up. I said, you know what? It's time for a change. It's time for a move. And I said, I'm going to go to Portland. I, I came out here. It's it's different. It's a culture shock, but it's 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 different. But I like it, though. You know, how, big of, crazy. how big of a culture shock is it? Oh, for me, it's big, especially with the food, man. It's it's a really big um, culture shock with the food, man. So I wish it was, you know, like the southern food, but it's not. It's not. But it's getting there. Good, good, very good. Big Shaw joining us here, the man of the Big Shaw Show, uh, joining us here on the second half of the Brian Snow Show this afternoon. Sharif Ahmed joins us. He says he loves Portland, Oregon, uh, including the area of Beaverton, which is where he's he's showing mm-hmm. love. Yeah, Beaverton is like. Maybe like, mm, I don't want to be wrong. I'm only being there twice. So I think Beaverton's like maybe a few minutes away from here. Right, right. So what got you started in, uh, in a sports talk? What was, what, what turned on the light for you? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. It it, it all started in, um, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. That's of course where LSU is located. Um, I was just sitting around in my apartment and they were playing Texas Longhorns at the time. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it'd be cool to um, to start a podcast. I don't think podcast was um, was hot at that time. This was in 2011. Yeah. I don't yeah. think podcasting was, was hot. It wasn't. It, it wasn't. So I was like, you know, I want to start a podcast. So the, um, the person I was doing at the time was like, what's a podcast? I said, I, I, said, I don't know. I just. Dude, that's a, a you know a sports podcast. So I got a notebook and I just started jotting down all you know all the sports stuff, you know the news and stuff like that. And uh, and I got into it. See, see, when I was a kid too, I'm in my room, like every sports article in the newspaper, I would cut it out and I would put it all over my wall. Every mm-hmm. every article in the world was on my wall. And um, and as I got older, I was like, man, this is really cool. So. You know, watching that, you know, you know, doing that, and and also watching um, Michael Jordan and and uh, Scottie Pippen and stuff like that. I was like, man, I like this stuff. So that's what got me into uh, the sports stuff. But I tell you a funny story. You know, someone asked me. They said, "Well, when uh, when you got into sports?" I said, "I tell you, um, I I was late coming in um, watching sports. Actually, I didn't know who Michael Jordan was until." Um, Scotty Pippen got there. I know that's crazy, but that's when I knew who he was. Uh, Drew Wellingham, my my man, one of my best friends uh, out in Virginia, uh, mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts of uh, the Sports Senseis. You know, sending love. Uh, home of the Portland Timbers says uh, Sharif Ahmed, Rose City. You know what got me started mm-hmm. in 2013? I, I 2011 is when I got started. You know, hosting oh, okay. a show full time. Because yeah. I did it off and on at Chicago State University from mm-hmm. 95 to 2004, but it wasn't consistent. Right. And I, when I started the afternoon locker room, I, I said, I, I got to do something and make it and make it consistent. Right. So I had that. And then I had the Brian and Rich show. But, you know, I still couldn't I still couldn't keep it consistent, you know. Right. But be that as it may, um, I, I kept trying and someone actually dared me to get my full opinions out there. So that's when I shifted to the morning because it's just something mm-hmm. about the morning that clicked with me. Yeah. And October 1st, 2013, that's when the snowman in the morning was born. I still have that first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few of my archives left. I basically have obliterated the archives because I'm doing something, uh, doing something new. You know, I want to do something new and doing something um, more consistent. I just step out for a minute, but I'm going to give you the floor and ask you this and and ask you this question. You know, what's one thing that you love to cover that people get on you about? Whew, man, they get on me about talking about the Saints and LSU and um, they and the Dallas Cowboys. I get, you know, people get on me about that a lot because I'm from Louisiana. So, they, they expect me to uh, to talk good about LSU, but I can't do it, man. Every time I do it, it um, it hurts my heart to talk good about LSU. But it's um it's getting better. And then with the Saints as well, I get a lot of hassle behind the um, the Warren Saints. I know it's a lot of Saints fans everywhere, and I know they got some up here in the Pacific Northwest as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, in Louisiana, that's that that's where the uh, the, the the fans is right there. But I get right. hassled a lot every time I talk about the Saints. You know, <laughs> I, I get it every time, and the yeah, Dallas yeah. Cowboys too. That's and that. You know, you, know it, you know what gets it for me? I'm from Chicago originally, but mm-hmm. I became a 49er fan because of Joe Montana, mm-hmm. and I get it all. I I, I get it all the time. You know, folks saying, you're from Chicago. How can you be a 49er fan? Easy, Joe Montana. Yeah. I mean, Montana. In fact, I'll tell you all the exact play that made me a 49er fan forever. I will show you all the exact play that made me a 49er fan forever, and it's this. Third and three. (laughs) We'll see a pick of some kind on the right side, possibly. Montana. Looking, looking. Throwing in the end zone. That play right there, called by the late great Ben Scully, made me a 49er forever. Period. Mm-hmm. Made me a 49er fan forever, and I've always been a 49er fan. So when I talk 49ers, I get it too, especially with uh, my friend Joe Lynch, who's a big time Seahawks fan. And I hate to say this to her aloud. I hate the Seahawks. I feel sorry for the Seahawks come Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to get get, how how did my dad my dad's from my granddad is from Macomb, Mississippi. So I'll say it with the with the southern twain. They're going to get killed. They will. They will. They're going to get absolutely killed. (laughs) Which game are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, The game I want to see. I know a lot of people want to watch it, but uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay. I know some people they're ready to see Dallas lose. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm ready to see them lose. So, so, so. I think bad. quite a. I think quite a few people are. My buddy Victor Locke, also from Chicago, uh, showing love to Cole Sports. He says, "Thanks for coming back, Cole. I've missed Cole Sports. We all have." I turned. I turned a uh, big Shaw on on the Cole Sports, and oh, yeah. Cole has yeah. an amazing pro- has an amazing amazing program. I'm looking forward to seeing the Seahawks getting their ass kicked. I'm looking forward to seeing the Cowboys getting their ass kicked. But the game I'm looking for the most, mm-hmm. the Chargers and the Jaguars, Saturday night. That's going to be good. That's going to be real good. That'll be one of those things. That'll be one of those games where last possession will win the game. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if it's a 40-point game on, on, on both sides. you got two great offenses yeah, and two very burgeoning stars in Justin Herbert for the Chargers and um, Trevor yeah. Lawrence for, for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. When did it? When do you think it clicked for the Jaguars for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars? Well, I've been waiting to see this happen. Um, you know, I have been watching Jacksonville as much this year, but I have been telling people that Trevor Lawrence is going to click in real soon. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, man, look at this guy. He, you know, he's going to be a superstar real soon. Yes. I really love the way he's playing, but I, but I do think it's going to be. Uh, a really close game. I'm pulling for Jacksonville. I, I mean, I really hope they win, man. I really do. I, I really want to. I want to see them win. I want to see. I, I know this is asking a lot, but I want to see the end of the Los Angeles Chargers and the return of the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. Because when I when I grew up watching football, for me, it was the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, it was San Diego. Yeah, it was the San. It was the San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. It was the San Diego Diego Chargers. It was the Washington Redskins. And you're out in the Pacific Northwest, so the next team I'm going to tell you, I know you're going to smile about, it was the Seattle Supersonics. Oh, man, that was one of my favorite teams. Yeah, It was the Seattle Supersonics. And now they're gone. They need to get a team back there in Seattle. Man, they they need to bring a new team to Seattle and call them the Supersonics. That would be nice. Period. Period. I want to see more Seattle-Portland rivalry games. You know, like I, yeah. I did, like I used to back in the day when CBS would carry the games late at night. Mm-hmm. You know, you would see the you would see the playoff games. You know, and we, you, we, don't you miss those rivalries? Yeah, we need some good rivalries, man. We really yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Listen, like I said, I grew up in Chicago, Bulls, Pistons. Yeah, that was. Good do stuff. I need to say anything else? That or Bulls, stuff. Knicks, Miami, and um, New York was a good. Miami movie. and the Knicks, absolutely. Miami, yeah. Miami in the Knicks. To the yeah. fans of the Fanatic Feedback Zone, tell me two of your favorite rivalry, three of your favorite rivalries, either college or pro. 
For me, one of them for me would be Auburn and Alabama. That's a good one. That's I love the Iron Bowl. That's pretty good. I love the Iron Bowl. One of the reasons I love the Iron Bowl so much was 2013 when, uh, thanks to the voice of the late, great Rob Bramlett, this happened. Well, don't have have the sound. We'll have to find it another time. The kick six. uh, Auburn kicked it. uh, The kick six. Jesus. I cried, man. Why? That was one of the greatest finishes I ever saw. It was. Oh, that's when when Auburn beat Alabama, right? Yes. 34-28. I cried. Why? Why did you cry, man? We were supposed to win that game. No, you weren't. We were supposed to win that game, man. Says who? Alabama. Says who? Alabama is the place of legends. Yeah, and Auburn was the place of legends that year. See, this is why I love doing this. At, this is why I love doing sports because I get uh, broadcasters and podcasters on, you know, and you know we go back, we go back and forth like this, but we do it all in fun, man. Yeah. See, this is what this is what the mainstream doesn't understand. Understand? Scott Fox still hanging out with us, telling me about one of my favorite Forty Nine linebackers, Ricky Ellison, number fifty. Yeah. Um, he sent me a link. I'm going to check it out and see if I can get them as a sponsor of the program as well. And here, here's one. I love Arizona, Arizona State, mm-hmm. and I'm we're playing. Uh, wife and I are planning to move out to Arizona here pretty soon. Oh yeah. That's so we're we're headed west. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I mentioned Auburn, Alabama. Florida, I'm from Chicago, Florida. so I had Northwestern Illinois. I mentioned uh, Bulls, Pistons from back in the day, or Bulls, Knicks. Oh. You know, and then for baseball. There will always forever be a rivalry, even though both teams now have a World Cardinals. Series for White Sox Cubs. That's a good rivalry too, and um and Cardinals and um Cardinals and, and Cubs. Uh, Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals and the Cubs. Cardinals and, the and Cubs and the Red Sox. Yep, Red Sox and Yankees. I think Ryan already pointed pointed that one out. Red Sox that's and a, Yankees. That's a hell of a rivalry. Yeah, it is. I love how it. about six? How about Sixers Celtics? Yeah, Julius Irving and Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Julia Serving and Larry Bird. Okay, now I have something better, and I know I'm gonna. I I know I'm gonna make my friend cry, but I'm sorry. But this this is it. Davis is gonna drop back into the end zone. And, and again, the voice you hear is the late great Rod Bram, the longtime voice of the Tigers. Short, he can field it and run it out. All right, here we go. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it to the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. That broke my heart. I thought he was the There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. And 90,000 people went crazy. Why? Why did it break your heart? You a Bama fan? Oh, I'm a big one. Big Bama fan. We were going to be in the championship. Then you didn't like how the playoffs shook out this year. No, I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't. Why? Because y'all lost to Tennessee and then to LSU. Yeah, but close games, close games, very close. Very I close. Mean, games. In fact, um, and, and I'm and I'm giving you a mess about it. In fact, both of those games were walk off losses. Yeah, you uh, Tennessee walked off in front of a. Oh man, have you ever been in Neyland Stadium? Uh, two times, two times, and I tell you, is, um, it, is it as nutty as I see on television? Yes, it's 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 crazy loud, and it's <laughs> and it's very 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 loud and crazy. You know, Is some it, people, you know, oh, man, LSU. Man, if you've never been to Neyland Stadium, I know I'm a Bama fan, but Jesus Christ, that's a, <laughs> a very crazy place to play. I've seen I've seen Neyland Stadium, mm-hmm. and I flew over. I was going to Cookville, and I flew mm-hmm. over Neyland Stadium and saw all the orange. I saw the checkerboard end zone. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, my goal next year to check out a game at Neyland Stadium with almost 106,000 and I mean this lovingly, 106,000 orange maniacs inside oh, yeah. because I know I know how loud it is when I watch when I when I watch mm-hmm. a game. 
I, I just I want to experience an SEC game. Yeah, wow. you need to. It's, it's it's really good. I'll tell you another place that's good. I it's gonna kill me to say it. Say you it. know, maybe the LSU fans would be happy, but Tiger Stadium, Ooh. especially at night, especially Ooh. at night. I don't know. Baton Rouge what shuts down do at night, but does Baton Rouge? I, I heard this. I heard this on an ESPN call. Does Baton Rouge shut down for Tiger football? Nah, no, but no? it seems like it because it, it's like the stadium is is always jam packed. But I don't, I don't. It just seems like everybody just jams their way into Tiger yeah. Stadium. Yeah, it's 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 a great experience, man. You have to check it out. I, you know, it's it's crazy for me to say it again, but Tiger <laughs> Stadium is is one of them places you won't forget if you you know if you haven't been there. It's a crazy place, but. Uh, tailgate is fun too because you know they will feed yeah. you. They don't. They don't care. They're gonna feed you. The food's good. Oh, it doesn't uh, matter who you. It doesn't matter who you root for. <laughs> I, I've been to a few college tailgates. It doesn't matter who you root for, <laughs> friend or foe. They feed yeah. you. Oh yeah, they feed you. Yeah, they will. You know, it's 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 all fun at the end of the day. You know, it, really it is. Don't matter, it uh, is. Who, you know who they're playing, but um, it's it's all fun, man. At the end of the day, man. And that's why I love college football. The fans are one of the main reasons I love college football so yeah. much because, yeah, you're going to root against your team. They're going to root against your team and you against theirs for three mm-hmm. hours. But, you know, before the game starts and when the game ends, everybody's still out in the parking lot like yeah. four hours after the game is over, tailgating and drinking and everything, sharing memories about the sharing, mm-hmm. It could be a 47 to nothing blowout. Yeah. And you're still hanging and you're still hanging out with the enemy in the the mm-hmm. the enemy in the park in, in the parking lot. Yes, that's, that's, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes yeah. it fun. It's just fun. It's just fun and games. It's that um, but you do have your ones that do take it too seriously, but yeah, you know, but that's that's how it goes. I, I'll tell you a tailgating story. Uh for a high school game I did in 2002, and I shared mm-hmm. this on the morning show. Um, 2002, I did Brother Rice St. Rita in the Chicago Catholic League. And that night it was a big it was a big big game because it was number two versus number three in the area. Mm-hmm. So I get there, and of course the far, the varsity game hadn't started yet. The frost off game's yeah. going on, and the tailgating the tailgating's going on like crazy. And some people started recognizing recognizing mm-hmm. me. They said, "Where are you going to sit tonight? You know, we got a small press box." I, said, I don't know, and, and I had to go up on the roof. Yeah, and then the clouds started rolling in. I had my umbrella. I had my equipment. The clouds started rolling in, and by the end of the first quarter, I was drenched. Oh. <laughs> my umbrella wound up somewhere up 79th Street. Hopefully, it didn't. Hopefully, I was hoping it didn't poke out a window or an eye or two at the mm-hmm. time. But a strong 14, a, a strong 30 mile an hour gust of wind took it, and I couldn't hold on to it. It was either I hold on to the microphone and record the game, or I hold on to the umbrella. Oh, I, had to sacrifice, I had to sacrifice the umbrella. Oh. <laughs> I had to sac- I had to sacrifice the umbrella. You couldn't see the 50 yard line after the mm-hmm. first quarter. You couldn't see it's one of those field it was all grass. All oh, natural yeah. grass. Of course most stadiums use uh field turf now. Yeah. But it was all grass and you couldn't see a dog on hash mark for mm-hmm. the life of you. Do you Man, know that game went six overtimes? Six? Six overtimes. Man, that's a lot of overtimes. And it's my own fault. I always playfully blame myself because it was 14 apiece mm-hmm. less than a minute in the fourth quarter i'm drenched i'm also hungry yeah and i said let's let this game I, i'm thinking okay let this game end i can go downstairs i'll work my way through the tailgate and i'll go home i said something on the air i shouldn't have oh when i said <laughs> the only way this game continues is if brother rice forces a fumble what do you think happened the next play? Oh, on one yard line. It was a long, it was a 50 yard complete. St. Rita got a 50 yard completion plus a 15 yard penalty. Ooh. So it's first and goal of the five, clock ticking, tick, 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 tick. Mm-hmm. And I came back from a break and I remember saying, okay, the only way this game continues is if they force a fumble. Right. What do you think happened? Strip <sighs> the ball at the one yard line. And Brother Rice recovers. Ooh. And, and I, I uh, uh, Parker carried the ball and I said his name and I heard the PA man say fumble. Oh. I nearly said a bad word on the air. Well, that happens too. 
<laughs> that happens too. <laughs> that happens too. A lot. Because it's like, because I said, this can't be happening. This just can't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. I don't know how much caffeine I drank that day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much caffeine they kept bringing up to me that night because I was up yeah. on the roof. And one of my good buddies, Tim Maher, who I'll have on the show soon, I mean, he, we we just couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. We just couldn't believe it. I'm like, why, why is this game still going? Third overtime, fourth overtime, fifth overtime, sixth overtime, sixth overtime, Rice gets a field goal, St. Mary mm-hmm. gets a touchdown, game over. I quickly wrap it up, pack up my equipment, and that was the wettest climb down from the roof I ever experienced oh, in my I life. Bet it was. I mean, I was soaked to the bone. The best part, like you, like we had talked about, it doesn't matter, friend or foe, mm-hmm. the fans will feed you. They will. They will. I had a trench coat on, mm-hmm. which was soaked to the bone. Yeah, I had my equipment in my backpack. Do you know a couple of parents slipped me two beers in my trench coat pockets? Oh, that's good. What kind of was like? And they gave me a plate. Oh yeah, they gave me a pl- they gave me a plate full of September barbecue. <laughs> and I'm going, what? I say, look, we know you cover the CCL, Chicago Catholic League. We know you cover Brother Rice, but you're a brother to us. Yeah, and we love what you do. They gave me a plate pound about this high, full of grub. Yeah, that. You know, a lot of people don't understand, man. Sports, um, sports can bring a lot of people together. You know? Yes. So um, that's it that's what I'm doing, about. It, it needs to keep doing that instead of dividing people. Mm-hmm. It needs it, it needs to keep doing that. It needs to keep doing that. That's the big Shaw joining me here on the program. I hope to have you on each week to talk sports, my man. I really you know appreciate what? You I, think, I think we can work that out. Um, All right. I can um, every Wednesday. I can at this time right here. All right, done. Let's do it. Yeah, we can do it. Let's let let's do it, and it'll lead right into the new podcast. And I'll talk about that before we get out of here. Thank you, Shaw. I appreciate okay. you, man. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. That's the big Shaw joining me. He'll join me every Wednesday uh, to talk sports. And uh, right about this time, beginning May third, you will hear a new. You will hear and see a new show called Be the Zone, and it's proudly sponsored by the Be Daring. Foundation sports and men, sports and mental health need to intertwine and continue to intertwine. Before we get out of here, uh, Sharif Ahmed, MLS Soccer, Portland Timbers versus Seattle Sounders, Ryan McCarthy, an SEC football game as well. Man, I'm sorry about that. I, I don't know what happened. We just we temporarily lost power, but we got it back. So let's go on. Let's go ahead and wrap it up and get on and uh, get on out of here. Uh, Sharif said, "When you move to Arizona, got to go to Arizona versus Arizona State Territorial Cup." Yep, I'll do that, and I'll have a press pass strapped to me. I'll have a press pass strapped to me. That's one of my goals. <laughs> Victor Law talking about Brother Rice St. Rita. Uh, you jinxed yourself. Yeah, I did. Mickey's gaming table in the house. Says hello, Snowman and Dr. K. Thank you. Thank you for the thank you for the love to my beautiful wife, Dr. K, one of the producers of the program. Welcome back, brother. Thank you very much. I'm so, I'm so sorry about that glitch, everybody. Uh listen, let's go on and, let me go on and get on out of here because there's a basketball game that I have to do that will tip off at 7 30, 
when uh, Jennings County takes on uh, takes on Jocelyn Dell, the Eagles. You'll hear that and watch that. Li- you'll you'll watch me in the booth, and you'll hear the game live on the STM Sports Radio Network. If you want to help contribute to the program, all you have to do is hit the Cash App. Tallman Doctor K Fifty is the tag that you need, or you can join us monthly by going to Patreon.com/SDM Sports Radio Network. I love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for your patience. I'm getting out of here because I got a basketball game to call. So let me get it. So let me get out of here. Thank you to everyone who joined us. Thank you to everyone that follows us. And I will see y'all tomorrow in another edition of the Brian Snow Show. Hello. So long, everybody. For tuning into the Brian Snow Show, where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. Yeah.